Hi, this is Savannah. And this is Brian from the Dorky Diva Show. And you're listening to Star Wars. The best place for below average Star Wars. In a world where people need 80s and 90s movie reviews, two regular Geordies combine forces to bring you the Brother to Brother 80s and 90s movie review podcast. Check them out on Twitter, YouTube, and all decent podcast vendors. Welcome to the Star Wars Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. I am the Geordie Jedi Pete, and today we're bringing another special episode of our Knowing Me, Knowing You series, which we started in the middle of the pandemic, so we could get to know loads of awesome Star Wars fans. And today it's going to be me, Geordie Jedi Pete, getting to know Melissa Thomas. She's an illustrator, graphic designer, and also host of another Star Wars podcast. Melissa, how are you? I am doing great today. How are you doing? I'm absolutely fantastic. Um, I nearly burst out laughing there. Can we just talk about the name of your podcast for a moment? Another Star Wars podcast. That's absolutely genius. Uh, I, love, <laughs> I love how funny that is. Um, well, for those of you who don't get the title in the title, it is called Another Star Wars Podcast because um, it is another Star Wars podcast in the midst of many Star Wars podcasts. And I actually started that show in May of this year with my brother, Matt, Um I appeared on an episode of his podcast, which is called What the Heck, and we were talking Star Wars, and at the end of the episode, we were like, oh man, this would be so much fun if we did it full time, because there's so much Star Wars content coming out within the next, oh God, like five years. (laughs) Um, So we started that, and we've just been having a great time talking all the new Star Wars content. Um, We just got done talking the first season of Bad Batch, and it was crazy fun. So yeah, if you guys like Star Wars content, just come on over and have a nice chat with us. We have a great time. Is that available on YouTube as well as audio? Yes, it is on uh, YouTube as well. Um, video. Um, I just like that personal touch of people being able to see our faces and know how dorky we can get with the Star Wars world. So yes, people can also find that on YouTube. Fantastic. So the whole premise of this uh, knowing me, knowing you series is that we each ask the other five Star Wars related questions, and it's just to have a really fun Star Wars conversation. Have you managed to get five Star Wars related questions for me, Melissa? I have, and you? <laughs> yes, I've got five for you, so that is good. That's all we need to make this episode work. Perfect. I will let you go first, seeing as you are the guest. Oh my gosh. Okay, I gotta pick which one I want to go with first. Um, oh, okay. Here's a good one. So I'm actually interested to know what really got you into Star Wars. Um, what was the moment that you got hooked into the fandom or like you just got sucked in and you're like, oh no, I can't get out of this. It's quite a, it's quite a strange one. So. Oh boy. <laughs> um, well, when I say strange, it's like, so actually pinpointing the exact moment sort of difficult. Okay. But sort of when I was around 44 years old. Uh, which would have been probably around 1993, 1994. Um, 
my other cousin Alan um, was into Star Wars, a big Star Wars fan. Um, so I was just in his bedroom and he had it on, on VHS. And so that that's where I first saw sort of Star Wars A New Hope. And it just sort of, obviously I can't really remember it much because of how old I was, but sort of it sort of just blew my mind, like what was happening there. And then like from that day onwards, like my mum my had to get me the VHSs and then every Christmas after that, I was getting the action figures for Christmas and right. just, became a, just became a Star Wars fan sort of. I like to think of it as a tweener because I was sort of in between trilogies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wasn't an original, I wasn't around for the original trilogy. Um, and, you know, I didn't get into it when the prequels came out. Although when the prequels did come out, that was fantastic for me because I got to sort of live Star Wars, like new Star Wars for the first time. Um, yeah. But yeah, so sort of, sort of a tweener. So yeah, I started obviously watching Star Wars on VHS, collecting the uh, the figures um, from age probably from around age four. Um, and then obviously by the time 1997 comes around, um, obviously the special editions come out in cinemas, which I get to go and watch, um, right. which was awesome. Um, and I remember getting all kinds of strange things. I've got like like strange novelizations, kids' versions of, this, of the stories, um, which I would consume quite a lot of. Um, I remember we have like a walk as crisps in the UK, which is like a, like a I don't know what you would call there. Um, is it chips? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so like potato chips, yeah. And uh, they, they, they're like a big company over here. Um, in Europe, they're called Lays. They might even be called Lays where you are. Um, but yeah, so I remember they did like this thing called Star Wars Tazos, and it was like the original trilogy special edition Tazo set that I was collecting. Uh, yeah. We did go everywhere in the, in, the, in, the, in the 90s, and then obviously sort of 1999 comes around and the Phantom Menace comes out, and then that was like a huge time because I was a sort of a Star Wars fan, but like not many people were, especially my age, because people hadn't consumed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a few friends who I got into it after coming to my house and watching it. But other than that, like it wasn't that much. But then as nineteen ninety eight rolls around and we start getting sort of um like pullouts in our newspapers, like about the Phantom Menace coming out, promotional pictures in there. Mm-hmm. And that's when it starts to get like the world. It was on the news. It was on TV. It was in newspapers. It was on the radio. And that's when it was like. I can't believe this thing I've been interested in for so like for five years is now like everywhere. So that was quite crazy and awesome for me to sort of experience that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so that that's how I got into it. Um, but it, it's funny because I remember, so I remember when I when Revenge of the Sith was coming out in two thousand five. That was my sort of final year at school. Um, yeah, so I was sort yeah. of sitting in my GC sort of sitting my GCSEs, which are sort of the last exams you do before, like you essentially go get a job or go to college. Um, so I remember, it, and it was sort of around the exam time when it came out in the summer, but I remember getting my tickets to go and see that and watching that on opening day. Oh, I'm so jealous. I wasn't allowed to go see that. How when come? I was, well, okay. So my, so I'm from a family of nine and my parents were very protective when we were growing up and I was around, oh gosh, I might've been 11 
when Revenge of the Sith came out, and I asked my dad if I could go see it, because technically it was like a big kid movie, you know? And I loved the prequel trilogy as a kid, and I begged, and I begged my dad, and my dad was like, you are absolutely not going to see this, because he had gone to see it, and, you know, they have that whole scene, and it's like Anakin's burning in the lava, and Obi-Wan's walking away, and I guess my dad at the time was like, I don't want an impressionable 11-year-old watching this, because, you know, in my opinion, Revenge of the Sith is the darkest Star Wars film. There's just so much that happens that's pretty violent I think for a Star Wars film and um because of that my dad watched it and he was like nope you have to be 13 (laughs) so I envy you (laughs) it well certainly is the most tragic of all the Star Wars movies yes yes but that's cool so you you got to grow up and you got to have all the experience of like like getting all the action figures the the legends books the the little cartoon like variations of the prequel trilogy. That's awesome. Yeah, and then and then after that movie came out, um I sort of grew away from it for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until, believe it or not, like obviously the Disney merger got announced and I wasn't that bothered. Um either way, I didn't really have a comment to make. I just said, all right, I'm not not really that bothered. Um Obviously, you know, at that age I was growing up, I was finding adult jobs to do. Like, do you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. sort of, I wasn't really too bothered for whatever reason. But then I remember being working away and I was in my hotel room when sort of Twitter blew up. And like, I used I used Twitter at the time. I wasn't aware of like Star Wars Twitter or certain fandoms on Twitter. But mm-hmm. Twitter just blew up with the, the teaser trailer for The Force Awakens. Oh, right. I remember that. And I watched that, and then I ended up watching it about maybe 20 times that night. And then, like, <laughs> just, just from that moment, I was back in, like, as if I'd never been away, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then I was back in more than ever. And then since then, it's just been sort of a roller coaster as where, you know, I've been to three Star Wars celebrations now since that time. I've, you know, started this podcast since then. But, yeah, so sort of some time away, but then come back even stronger than ever, which goes to show Star Wars is never dead. It's always just lying dormant if you're not doing much with it but then it can always come and whisk you away for a wonderful time absolutely it sucks you back in the force awakens trailer that was a great first teaser trailer they dropped it was exceptionally well done i thought yeah just all of the sound the nostalgia sort of rear speeder driving through the desert which you know you see the smashed x-wing the smashed tide the distorted story in the background it was all just nostalgia from from return of the jedi and it was like you know it it was quite weird when you know, when Revenge of the Sith came out, I was like, this is the last Star Wars. And it was mm-hmm. like, this is the last Star Wars and the story's done, the six movies are done. But then, you know, guess what? It's not. Here's more Star Wars. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> and that's why, like, when they've said, oh, this is the final movie in the Skywalker saga for Rise of Skywalker, I'm like, well, it is for now, but let's give it 10 years and we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Definitely. But no, that's sort of that's sort of my, my adventure. Do you mind me asking him, um, how you got into Star Wars? Oh my gosh. Um, well, for starters, I mean, it was always on when I was a kid, the original trilogy, um, the prequel trilogy, that was always on um, because my dad loved it so much. My dad is like a huge television buff. He's a huge movie buff. And so those were always kind of there in the background. I don't actually ever remember a time where those movies weren't in my life. And so I kind of was just, you know, brought up with it. And then I loved, loved the prequel trilogy. Um, 
Honestly, my earliest memory is probably watching The Phantom Menace and seeing young Obi-Wan and being like totally baffled that that was the same old man in A New Hope <laughs> um, because you get very young, very attractive Ewan McGregor. And so I think my mind was just kind of blown by that. Um, so I loved The Phantom Menace because the whole lore, you know, even a kid, even as a kid, I was very um, swept up in that. I was so interested in like the world building and the Jedi and the Sith and like the very religious undertones I thought was so interesting. And then, like I said a few minutes ago, I wanted to see Revenge of the Sith in theaters so bad. But then my dad was like, no, absolutely not. So I didn't get to do that. So very, very sad. Um, but actually, I honestly think the moment, because, you know, like you said, there was a bit of a dead period between 2005 and um, 2015, save for the Clone Wars, which actually... I, I had seen on Cartoon Network before, but I had never really given it like, you know, a full chance because I was like, oh, I don't know, like, are they going to ruin these characters that I like? You know, you're always you got that um, that notion of uncertainty when you're approaching something new because you're like, oh, I don't want it ruined for myself. And then um, I actually I was in the basement flipping channels at, in my house and I came across the season five episode of Clone Wars, and I think, I don't remember the exact episode name, but was it was the episode where Obi-Wan is fighting both Maul and Savage at the same time. And I saw that, and Obi-Wan is my favorite Star Wars character, and I saw that entire scene, and I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen, because Obi-Wan's getting the MVP treatment, and oh my gosh, how did Darth Maul come back, and who is this other guy who looks exactly like him? And I, I just got so curious that I started watching the show from that point on. And so I watched, you know, the, um, the Ahsoka arc when she leaves the order all the way through, I watched it up, um, through its cancellation. And then I went back and rewatched the entire show from season one to where it had finished at that point, which was season five. And I got so sucked in and so immersed into the show. It just became like my obsession. And then they, um, finished the, unreleased episodes of season six I think like a year later after the show was canceled and I just got immersed like I couldn't believe how good it was so I would have to say like the Clone Wars is really really what got me like head deep into Star Wars and then like from there on that out I've just been like crazy about it <laughs> so I'd have to say like that's really kind of like the the bullet point version of like my journey diving headfirst into Star Wars yeah, that's awesome, and I'm glad you brought Clone Wars up because when I obviously got brought back into sort of being a Star Wars fan after watching that trailer, um, you know, obviously I'd heard Darth Maul return like through certain people, but hadn't really went back and watched it. But obviously, that moment I was back in, I could literally go and watch the entire Clone Wars series. Um, so I had plenty of Star Wars to watch up until the movie came out. Um, you know, obviously Star Wars Rebels came out. I watched that religiously. Um, mm, yeah. So- so yeah, sort of the, the animation series of Clone Wars and Rebels really did fill a big gap for me when I was sort of waiting for new material. Because when I came back, I was just so hungry for it. Um, and it was all yeah. there. It was fantastic. No, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up Rebels too, because I, I'd have to say that like I I was so immersed in Clone Wars that when Rebels came out, like, out, I was watching that religiously, like week after week. I was like doing the fan theories thing on Twitter. In fact, that's how I got to know like, 
some of my best friends on Twitter, like some of the people that I talk most regularly with now is because of Star Wars Rebels and me just tweeting like the little nerdy fan I am and people responding in part. So I think that's like a really big part of like why I got so deep into the fandom was like the other people that I met that were like, oh my gosh, you're watching Rebels too? Did you see Clone Wars? And then it's just kind of like the conversation spirals from there. So yeah, I mean, it's great. You still there, Melissa? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, cut out a bit there. Sorry for no the technical difficulties. Let's <laughs> uh, hope no droid is trying to slice into the computer and steal the recording. <laughs> um, so my first question for you, um, proper question that is, obviously you did just I did sneak a sneaky uh, <laughs> one in there, is obviously like me, you've been to some Star Wars celebrations. Do you have a favorite celebration moment where like? you were sort of uncontrollably excited and just couldn't believe it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. See, when you ask that, I have like three that come into my mind immediately. So that's the all three. Oh gosh. Okay. (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. So I actually, my first celebration was in, was it in Florida for 2017s? Was that, that's where it was, right? That's correct, yeah, because um, 2016 yeah. was London, and then it was Orlando the day after, uh, the year after that was Orlando, yeah. Okay, cool. So 2017, that was my first Star Wars celebration. So I was like a kid in a candy store. I had been wanting to go for years. Um, I dragged my older sister, Carolyn, into going with me, and um, that entire experience was just unbelievable. For a first-timer going into that, not knowing what to expect, I was not so much overwhelmed as I was like, oh my god, like, there are so many people here like me that are thinking like me and they're excited about the same things as me. So it was just surreal, but, um, okay, actually I'm going to start with two. The first thing is, um, I got up at, uh, 12 AM after going to bed at 11 PM to get in line for the star Wars rebels season four panel. (laughs) And um, I had some friends there that had saved me a spot in line. So I got up from my hotel room and I ran down to the queue and I stayed up the entire night waiting in line for the Star Wars Rebels season four panel, which started at, I think, 10 a.m. And I, I couldn't I was so full of adrenaline and excitement that I didn't want to sleep. I wasn't even thinking about eating. I wasn't thinking about having to use the bathroom. I was just like sitting in the line and I was like, I am going to get to the front of this panel and I'm going to see all the cast of Star Wars Rebels and I'm going to be in the front like I was so determined about it. Lo and behold, I stay in line that entire time. I have my makeup with me in my backpack. You know, people are great. They hold your spotted line as you go into like the bathroom to like put your face on, make yourself look somewhat presentable or get food. I come back into the line and we get up to the very front, my group does. And so at that panel, I got to sit in the second row for the Star Wars Rebels panel and be like up front and got to watch, um, you know, Vanessa Marshall, Freddie Prince Jr., uh, Taylor Gray, uh, Tia Sakar, Dave Filoni, all of these people, which I've admired for so many years and just really respected, standing in front of me talking about one of my favorite shows. And I was just so starstruck and blown away. I just couldn't believe it was real. And so like, that was one of the most surreal moments to me and just the energy of that crowd and being excited and 
everybody's exhausted, but they're so happy to be celebrating Star Wars. And it was just a, such an amazing feeling. Um, the other half of that is during that panel, I was actually holding a drawing that I had done for Dave Filoni. And I was so scared about the idea of giving it to him because I was just like, oh my gosh, am I going to be annoying? Am I going to be taking time away from other things that he needs to do? Um, so I was kind of panicking like the entire day because I'd been holding onto this artwork for him. And I was like, I want to give it to him, but I'm just so nervous. And um, so the panel ends and I hear that he's going to the Ahsoka Lives Day event uh, put on by Jonah Murray, Blue Jay Guys on Twitter, for those who don't know. And we went to this event and I saw Ashley come out and she was talking to fans and interacting with them. And I heard that Dave was going to be there. So I was just kind of like looking for him. And, you know, it, 20 minutes goes by, he's not there. 30 minutes goes by, he's not there. 40 minutes goes by. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know if he's going to show up. And so right as I'm about to kind of like give up and walk away, he comes down the escalator and there are these, I can't remember exactly. I remember there were these two women in front of him. And then there was like a guy behind him. I don't know if he was security or not. I, I get caught up in the details, but whatever. So he comes down the escalator. He's interacting with fans. He's taking pictures. And I hear this voice in the back of my head, like, go up and talk to him. Like, go up and talk to him and give him the art. And then the other half of me is just like, it's, it was literally like the, the devil and the angel on your shoulders going like, you should do this. Like, oh, you shouldn't do this. You should do this. And so I'm freaking out and I don't know if I'm going to chase after him. And so he's briefly there for 10 minutes mingling with fans. And then he turns around, he goes up the escalator and I'm like, this is my only chance. And I'm going to regret this if I don't do this because I've admired his work for so long. And so I bolt up the escalator and this group of guys is standing in front of me and they're also trying to get his attention. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that person. Like, I don't want to be annoying. <laughs> so we get up the escalator and Dave is like bolting it like across, um, the floor. Cause I think he had like some interview for the final season of rebels. And so he's walking and all the guys behind him are yelling, Mr. Filoni, Mr. Filoni. And I'm just standing there. I'm like, Oh my God. And I put my hands together and I go, Hey Dave, like really loudly. And he turns around and I run up to him and I don't even really remember what I said, but I said something like, I'm really sorry. I know you're busy and I know you have things to do, but like, if I didn't give this to you, I was going to regret it. And I, and I gave him the artwork and he looked at me and he was like, wow, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Like really like pleasant, nice. And he said, I, I, but I've got to go, but thank you so much. And, you know, he turned around to walk away and then he turned back and he looked at me and he goes, um, he said something, I'm not sure what he said, but he gave me a hug and I was already emotional cause I had been up the entire night. And so he hugs me and I immediately just burst into tears <laughs> and he goes, I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't exactly remember, but um, he was really nice to me. And then he walked away and I just burst into tears and people like stopped from where they were walking and looked at me and were like, oh my God, are you okay? Because I'm like in full sobs at this point. And um, I was like, no, I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine. It's whatever. So I, I come back down and people still see me crying. And I'm like, no, I'm totally fine. It's okay. Um, Later that day, uh, I heard from someone who works at Lucasfilm told me that Dave had opened it up in front of all of them and he like really liked the art and he was really flattered and they just told me that it really meant a lot to him and it made my day and 
I'd honestly have to say that was probably my first and most memorable Star Wars moment. And I'm so sorry that was a really long story. No, it was a fantastic story, it. though. Thank you. Um, but that that's probably, I don't even remember what your initial question was. I got so caught up in that story. But that was probably, like, my favorite experience. Um, that and meeting everybody who I had been talking to on Twitter for so long about Star Wars, like, Brian Balance and Savannah Audit, like, I love them. They're great, great people. And because of Star Wars Celebration, I, I got to meet them and I'm so happy for it. So we have the exact same story there because at Celebration London was when I sort of bumped into Savannah in the queue to get in to Celebration London. Um, and we, we got talking in the queue and that's how we became friends. At London? Yeah, at London. And then obviously a year later, I, I came out to... Orlando for the next one, and that's when I met Brian through through meeting up with Savannah. Right, that's right. Did you go to their? You went to their meetup, didn't you? Yes, because I think I think you would have been there as well. Yeah, I did. I was there. I was in the hotel. I was so nervous about meeting them. Let me tell you. I don't know if Savannah or Brian, if you're listening to this, I was scared to death about meeting you. But I I walked in, and actually, I had met Savannah prior that day. Because what had happened is she was um, she was working for her universe at the time, so she was with Ashley and um, you know doing a bunch of stuff for her. And I had walked into the ending of this panel that Ashley had done, and Savannah saw me, and she immediately knew who I was. And she didn't say anything; she just looked at me and ran over and just gave me the biggest hug. And I was so emotional at that point, and we were so excited because we had been talking online for a while, and that was like the first time we got to meet. And then. Later that night, she invited me to that meetup, and I got to meet Brian. I was so nervous about meeting him, too, but he was really, really nice, and we hit it off right away, and they're just some of the nicest people I've ever met, and, you know, because of Star Wars Celebration, I got to meet them, and I got to meet a lot of other friends that I hold very dear to my heart, so, I mean, like, those are my favorite memories. Some of the best memories, I think, that come out of Celebration are meeting the people. Yeah, definitely. That's When I went to London... Um, that was my first Star Wars celebration and the way I felt at that celebration sort of made me go, I need to go to the next one in Orlando. Like, yep. yes, it's expensive, and but I'll, I'll just do it. And obviously I did that one and I did, did Chicago as well in 2019 because, again, I just couldn't. You kind of bottle that feeling when you're there. So like you need to go and experience it because it's just like a shot in adrenaline to the heart, isn't it? It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really unforgettable. Is there a particular moment for you, be it at like 2016, 2017s, or 2019s, that you were like, this is so exciting, I cannot contain myself? So the, the first celebration I went to in London, um, so that celebration was like, it was pretty sold out. I think there was a lot of casual fans there mm-hmm. that being in the UK. Um, so like so like I bumped into Dave Filoni on the, on the floor, on the show floor. Uh, oh, you did? And he was just walking around because, I mean, a few people recognized him, but it, it wasn't like, like he, he could not do that on American Con because, and especially now, like, but he, even, even the earlier, I couldn't do it. As you oh, said, yeah. you know, he sort of rushed in somewhere and then rushed out. But yeah, sort of, I seen him, he was with his family. And then I was like, that's Dave Filoni. I'm sure that's Dave Filoni. Um, Unless he takes like, off the hat. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I heard him say to his family, oh, I'm going to have a wander around the floor. I'll catch up with you guys later. And he sort of sort of hung the one around, so that's when I went up to him um, and sort of 
you know, thank them for how good Rebels was and stuff and, and for Clone Wars and, uh, you know, ask them for a picture. I gave us a picture. Um, I asked them a question about Cad Bane. Um, I think I asked if Cad Bane was alive. Do you think it's possible Cad Bane's alive and would he come into any future Star Wars, do you think? And, he, and he, I don't know how much he actually thought about it, but he seemed to ponder the question. And he was like, well, yeah, it's quite possible you could tell stories in that time frame. It's it's not, that's not concrete, like, and no. Um, so that was really nice, the fact that he took the time to sort of think about what I'd said to him um, and answer mm-hmm. when he didn't have to do that. Do you know what I mean? So again, that was that was probably just a crazy meeting and I was so surprised. And then, like I said, it, you couldn't do that, that, that. The chances of that happening in a... An American convention now, I think, is impossible. Obviously, your story, we had, you had to chase him down, you know, to, to find him, but I think just bumping into him and no one being around. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. So, like, I bumped into him and I said hello to him um, and got a picture and spoke to him. And there was a group of people dressed in cosplay as Rebels characters who also got to meet him. But other than that, there wasn't much of a fuss over him because, again, don't think many people realized who he was, but that was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then for me, um, Someone who you probably will definitely know, given your background, but uh, Doug Chang. Yes. So, oh my gosh, she's like the the artist of Star Wars. Yeah. So, so for me, growing up with Star Wars, and when when the prequels came out and they came out on DVD, and we got all those brilliant extras on the DVDs, I sort of knew who Doug Chang was by watching those, like because mm-hmm. I'd watch all the, the the documentaries on the prequels. Are absolutely some of the best DVD extras you're going to get. Um, yes. And, and, you, and you see a lot of Doug Chang talking, and at the time he was just brought on as a concept artist, and obviously now he's like a vice president within the company, which is fantastic. But yeah, I bumped into Doug Chang, and I was just like, I nearly walked into him, I was like, oh, and he was on the way to an EA um, panel. Um, but I was like, oh, wow, Doug Chang. And he tell he was like, look, as we said, oh, yes. And I was like, oh, uh, no, sorry, just that I've known your face since I was 10 years old. Um, and like it's crazy to sort of bump into you as an adult um, and it, I sort of I don't know we, I think he sort of smiled he went would you like a picture I got, I got a picture with him but I was almost a bit sort of uh, wordless if that makes sense I was just a bit like in shock I was a bit like he has this guy I've been watching on watching on documentaries forever right I'm an adult and I've bumped into him and I've recognised him straight away even though he's, you know, he's an older guy now but like yeah that was pretty surreal as well that was at London as well Um so yeah, they were pretty pretty crazy moments. Um, I mean, it, it, there's almost a moment where like you you watch these people growing up, like and, and you see behind the scenes videos, and you get so immersed that you actually forget that they're real people. And so <laughs> when you have that moment of like going up to them, you're like, oh, you are a real person. I'm having a conversation. This this is wild. Like it, you're almost in such disbelief, like you can't believe it when you get there. So yeah, like it is absurd. I actually, I mean. Gosh, I've already talked so much for this segment, but it's just so much fun. Um, but like at 2019 Star Wars Celebration, I ran into John Boyega. And like I didn't expect that, but he was really nice to me. And he he talked to me. And like how you said with Dave, how Dave was attentive to like your question about Cad Bane, like everything that I was telling John Boyega, like, and I was stumbling over my words because I was like, I don't even get that this is even happening right now. But like when I talked to him, he was listening and he was paying attention and he was very gracious and he was very like um, open. And I was just very taken aback by like, by that, like by how much attention that he was actually giving me in that moment. So, I mean, like these moments do happen and they're so surreal, but at the same time, you're just like, oh my gosh, 
they're people at the end of the day. And this is just really cool to be having a conversation with another person about their craft. So yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic question, but like, it's great. That's honestly one of the many, many reasons to go to celebration. Definitely. What's your official second question for me? Oh my goodness. Ooh, let me see what I wrote down. Okay. Do you have a favorite Star Wars musical cue from the movies, be it, you know, Leia's theme or um, something from the prequel trilogy? I mean, do you have any specific track that you were like, this is, I love this cue. I could listen to it a million times. It's that good, which is most of Star Wars, but. (laughs) So once I got the soundtrack for um, The Force Awakens, the last track, The Jedi Steps in Finale. Mm, yes. Because I would put it on, I would listen to it every time I would travel to and from work, I would listen to it at least three times maybe because it would take me back to that point in the cinema where Ray's going up the steps, finds Luke, Luke turns around and then we go to, it cuts to the finale, like the, the end credits. But that, that sort of, the Jedi Steps music that leads into the finale, it always just makes me think of that moment and like what's next because obviously we didn't know what was next and it was so exciting I was just like oh what is next um and then obviously the finale you get all the best bits from the from the movie as well but yeah so Jedi Steps and Finale from The Force Awakens was one I listened to a lot in the run up to The Last Jedi because it just made my imagination run wild with what could happen in the next movie and what would happen next because it was such a good cliffhanger ending um I think my favorite overall soundtrack is the Last Jedi's entire soundtrack. I think from track one to the end track, I think it's John Williams' best work. Um, I just absolutely love that the way the way it intertwines with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you listen to that from from the Last Jedi onwards, I used to do that. I'd, I'd hit the Last Jedi when I'd set off to go to work and listen to from that track on to finale. Uh, again, just taking in the end of the movie and that sort of mystical Jedi music, absolutely wonderful. Um, I think from obviously the the prequel soundtracks when I was younger, like I had them on CD and like Jewel of the Fates. Mm-hmm. Like we would we would put that on me and my friends like in in the house when we were playing with our Star Wars figures, um, doing our battles, Jewel of the Fates. Um, an absolutely fantastic, fantastic song. Um, I think oh, Yoda's theme. From the, yeah, Yoda's theme from the original trilogy. I think I love Yoda's theme, and again, when that comes back in the Last Jedi soundtrack, it's intertwined beautifully. Um, you know that that's wonderful. Um, it's quite a lot. I mean, across the stars. So you know, I've recently I got married um, this year. Um, yes. And you know, across the stars was played during our wedding breakfast. Um, oh I my gosh. Yeah, so. I love that. That's great. I mean, it's a beautiful track and it's perfect for a wedding venue. Yeah, so it, and it really did pop. It was and you could, some people there you could tell like who didn't know what it was, but could tell it felt right. That makes sense, right? And then there was a handful of people who would, who was like, "Oh, this is John Williams Star Wars." Of course, Pete's got this on, but yeah, so no, that that was really good as well. <laughs> no, that that's no, that's great. I love that. I mean. It, Honestly, like Across the Stars is absolutely perfect. I've gone to a friend's wedding where his entire like theme for his wedding was Star Wars. So honestly, like more power to you. That's great. Yeah, well, I had to keep Star Wars down to like a minimum. So I had obviously the Star Wars tracker there. Um, I actually also had 
a track from the Rebel soundtrack play while we were waiting to enter the ceremony. Oh, which so, one? So, oh, I've got the name. Um, hang on a sec. So it's got something to do with the moon, when the sun meets the moon. Oh, where the sun sails and the moon walks. I think that's a quote from Lord of the Rings that Dave Filoni snuck in for the yeah, so, title track. <laughs> so yeah, so like that was one of the songs I played um, while the guests were waiting. Oh, I while love that. So it's a beautiful piece of music. Uh, I think and it's like insinuates a new day is coming, a better day, which I thought was fitting for a wedding. Um, so yeah, so I've snuck that one in from the animation as well. Um, and then we had our table names for the tables were like Star Wars planets. Oh, that's fantastic. So that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, other than that, it was it was pretty normal. Uh, Louise, um, my wonderful wife, uh, is not so much into Star Wars, but I was allowed to... I was, I was going to say, I was like, did she let you get away with that? <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> yeah, was so she that... like fully open to it? Yeah, yeah. I think like she was like, I know you're going to want to do like something Star Wars. So like, what would you like to do? I was like, well, I'll sprinkle bits of music in here and there. Um, don't worry, it won't be like the Star Wars main theme. Um, it'll be f- like actually music that fits. And I said, I want the planet. I want the planet names to be the table names. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's really cool of her to incorporate that because you loved it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, definitely. What's your favorite track? Oh my goodness. So anything oh my gosh i love the prequel soundtrack to death um revenge of the sith's soundtrack i just think is absolutely exceptional um and i love every track on there but um the two that stand out the most to me are probably anakin's dark deeds and then padme's ruminations which is that really creepy vocal thing going on where anakin's making his decision to turn to the dark side essentially but I love those two soundtracks, but I actually recently conjured a new favorite, and this is kind of like niche and really weird, but in the season finale of Clone Wars, um, where Ahsoka is with the droids and she's trying to like rally the droids to help her, the track that's playing during that scene is called We Don't Understand, and it starts off with Ahsoka talking to the droids and, you know, trying to figure out what Rex was trying to communicate to her. And then it goes into the scene where Darth Maul is walking down the hallway and he's absolutely destroying all those clones. Um, The music there has such an incredible buildup. I don't know how Kevin Kiner does that, but like it builds up from like this questioning sound. Like we don't really know what's going on to the realization to the hard beats that hit when Darth Maul is walking down the hallway. It's just a fantastically orchestrated piece of music. And I listen to it very, very frequently. Um, it was in the top of my Spotify rap this year, which is not shocking, but I just think it's an exceptional track. I don't know if you've actually heard it. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I do. That, that, that was phenomenal. I remember really hitting them, the tone and like the feel of what was happening. Which is interesting because it's very distinct from John Williams, but it's still very Star Warsy. Like you can tell that like it's it's different, but it still fits within that universe, which is something I really think Kevin Kiner hit on quite well when he was doing the Clone Wars. Yeah, I think it was. It, it's almost like it's perfectly Star Wars, but not John Williams, which I think yes is is that's what you want, and it's probably hard to find. But this guy manages to do it. You know, he's absolutely wonderful at what he does. 
Yeah, definitely. My is next it, question for you. Yeah. Is it you or is it me? Um, I think it's me. So that was, okay. I, I, just, I just battered yours back at you, which doesn't really count. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no. I'm just sneaking extra ones in, but I'm allowed to do that. I'm a, okay. I'm a cheater. Um, do you have a favorite piece of Star Wars merchandise that you own? And is there a, a holy grail piece that you want to have in the future, but don't have yet? Oh my gosh, that's a really tricky question. In fact, I'd have to like look in my closet and see what I have because a lot of stuff that I have has been gifted to me over the years and it's not been stuff that I've purchased. A lot of it has just been spontaneously gifted Star Wars merch from friends or family. Um, but the one purchase I did make um, on my own was the, oh my gosh, what are those really, see, this is what I don't know. What are those really high quality sabers that Disney sells? The, like the series where they all do like Anakin Skywalkers and then Luke Skywalkers and then Qui-Gon Jinn's, you know what I'm talking about? The ones that you get from the park? Yes. Like the really, really nice ones that like light up, like when you turn it on and they have all the sound effects if you hit something. I think they're like, I think the legacy lightsabers, I think that rings a bell. I know, I know, I know what you mean exactly. What you mean? Because I, yeah. I really want one, but I can't get one in the UK. Yeah. So a few years ago, I went as Ray to go see the Last Jedi, and I had wanted to get you know Anakin's saber for a really, really long time. And I was like, oh, that'd be such a great prop to you know take with me to the movie theater because the movie theaters aren't against like the lightsabers; they're just like just no toy guns or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to get this. So I bought it from the Disney parks and it is just so like beautifully made and it feels like the heavy weight of a lightsaber. And, you know, when you swing it around and it makes the hum and it just sounds really cool and you feel like a total badass when you're wielding it. And I'd have to say that that's probably my favorite thing that I've ever bought for myself um, of Star Wars. And I just love Anakin's lightsaber and, you know, the weight of it in my hands is really cool. So I'd have to say that that's my favorite thing that I own that is Star Wars related. Um, are you asking if I would like a specific piece of piece of like merchandise or like a prop from the movies? So yeah, it could be, could be, could be a prop if there's a certain prop you're after. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I don't know about props specifically, but something I really want is like, like the Captain Rex clone helmet. So you know how there are people out there on like Etsy and stuff and they're they're making these like high quality helmets. Um, there's a store, I can't remember what the name of the store is, but they're doing helmets of like all of the Bad Batch and the clones. And, you know, I am like such a softie for Captain Rex and I would just really like to have like a high quality version of that helmet just to say that I have it. <laughs> Because I lack the skills to make one of those, so it would just be really cool to have that. I think. Yeah, that would be wonderful. My holy grail item is um, I want an original Revenge of the Jedi poster. Um, Ooh. So they go for big money because the original you can get reprints, but I, I want an original one day to put on the wall. Um, obviously, Return of the Jedi was originally called Revenge of the Jedi, and there was some promotional material went out before they changed the name. Um. So they're very hard to find, but I would love a Revenge of the Jedi teaser poster. That's a really good one. Actually, you know what? Now that you you gave me that example, I would say I would want an original Drew Struzan uh, Star Wars poster. That would be a holy grail item for me. 
His work yeah. is absolutely gorgeous. If I got if I got like a Drew Struzan like oh my gosh, Revenge of the Sith original drawing poster, oh my gosh, I that would be incredible. Well, it's funny because that, that's one of my questions later on, so I'll just do it now. Um, is is there a favorite piece of Star Wars content art or poster that, that's your favorite? Okay, so anything Drew Struzan, obviously. I love his work. I think it's absolutely gorgeous, and it's just got this magical feel to it. I don't know how he conveys that, but... You know what's a great book is The Art of Revenge of the Sith. And in that book, there's an entire section um, where Doug Chang was talking about, or maybe it was... I might be getting this wrong, so please excuse me for anybody listening, but there was a specific... Um, page devoted to the concept of like Padme experiencing the force through the twins when she was pregnant with them. It was like a, it was an unused concept from Revenge of the Sith. And the art is really interesting because in an undeveloped scene, they were going to have like Yoda trying to understand why Padme is feeling so much pain through the force. And it was going to explore, you know, Padme having force visions of Anakin turning to the dark side and the concept art is very beautiful. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you should definitely um, look it up when you get a chance. And I was always mesmerized with that concept and a little bit sad that they didn't explore that more. So I'd have to say that. One of my favorites is a Ralph Macquarie drawn. Um, and it's the um, Chewbacca, Obi-Wan, Luke and the droids entering the docking bay on Moss Eisley and the Falcons there. Um and it's almost like the drone is the exact shot that they actually end up shooting for the movie. Um, so I would love to own an original one of them one day, but obviously that is probably impossible. But they can still chase the dream. Yeah, it's still worth chasing. Anything Ralph McQuarrie would be absolutely incredible. I mean, wow, talk about an artist's mind. That man was absolutely remarkable. Yeah. I mean, I mean, all of his drones were pretty much look like movie shots. I remember there's one with Luke next to this land speeder looking out over Moss Eisley on the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's like, obviously in the shot, Obi-Wan's there and the droids are there and they're not in the original drone, but like the shot is exactly the same shot as as the drone from Ralph. Um, absolutely wonderful stuff. That That's my dream to one day, like just be allowed in the archives for like maybe five days straight just to look at all the art would be wonderful. Yeah, it would be absolutely incredible. Um, let me see. I think it's my turn now, correct? That's correct, yep. Okay. Um, Okay, so we're going to talk Book of Boba Fett here for a quick second. So with that show coming out on December 29th, which is a little less than a month now, um, do you have anything in particular you would like to see in Book of Boba Fett that you would like to see them address, or do you just not have any expectations at all? So I've got no expectations at all going in. Um, I think it's best to do that rather than getting too carried away with what you want and then being disappointed when it doesn't happen. Um, but one of the things I would love to see, uh, obviously Jabba's dead, but, you know, there's other huts. So I, I want to see or reference, like, just what what is the status of the hut cartel, the hut family. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, Dave's producing this show. Um, Dave created Jabba's child in the Clone Wars. Yeah. So do we, do we get to see... Is it Road Otherhood? Um, yeah, so, yeah, it, I, I, I'm very interested by the sort of the gangster side of it and, and the crime syndicates and how how is the Hood sort of the Hood clan 
now? Is it better off now the Empire's gone? Or is it worse off because Jabba's dead? Um, in the Empire, sort of let the Huts do what they want a little bit, where the New Republic already don't. So um, very interesting to see sort of that, because I think, you know, I love the Huts. The Huts are really, the Huts are awesome, I think. They're awesome species in the way they're like a mafia as well. Like giant spray sugs that are a mafia. I think it just sounds outrageous, but it's so cool. <laughs> no, that's that's actually really interesting that you bring it up because I didn't, I, I've what not about yourself? really. Is there anything that. Well, I've not really thought you about would, um, that. Want to see in Bukovo? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Oh, perfect. So, well, the hut thing is really interesting. I've actually not thought about that. I mean, we see them a lot in the Clone Wars, and especially with like characters like Zero, um, which has who has sadly died by this point. Um, but I, I do think it would be really interested to see, you know, if any other huts try to come in and assert themselves as the Star Wars mafia. Like you said, I think that would be really interesting to see and kind of funny. Um, you know, this might be a push and it might be a push in the first season of Book of Boba Fett, but I would really like to see two things. One, I would like to see some, well, let me think about this for a second. It's called the Book of Boba Fett. And from the first trailer, they really gave us the impression that it's going to be strictly about like, you know, the crime syndicates and Boba taking over on Tatooine, which I am all for. Um, but I would also like to just learn a little bit more about like Boba's past and, you know, things like, like in the first season of Bad Batch, we see that like Omega is the girl version of a pure genetic replication of Jango Fett, exactly like Boba. So did he ever meet her? Was he ever affected by that? Um, are we going to get some Bad Batch tie-ins to the show? I would expect later, maybe not so much in the first season. Um, I'm also kind of hoping that they jump around in his timeline a little bit. You know, I'd like to see things like what happened when he fought Cad Bane, <laughs> like, you know, is, did Cad Bane ever try to like exact revenge on him? You know, I, I know that might be a little bit of a push in the first season, but like, I think I would lose my mind if we got to see a live action Cad Bane and, you know, how that showdown between them actually happened and where they went from there. So um, I don't know if, you know, Lucasfilm is trying to throw us off the scent with that most recent trailer looking to be more about like the crime syndicates and how they function. But I just think it would be so great if we got to jump around in Boba's personal timeline and see what has he been doing since we last saw him in Clone Wars up until this point. And, you know, how did he get out of the Sarlacc pit and how did that affect his life after that? So just more Boba background. <laughs> yeah, I think. I'm the same as you on the Omega thing. I think I think Omega is, you know, if, if Django considered Boba a son, then Django would consider Omega a daughter if he knew about her. Mm-hmm. Um, so do they meet and do they have a brother-sister relationship or is it a strained relationship? That that type of thing would be very interesting. Um, it, it's seven episodes, isn't it, they've confirmed for the first season? Yeah, that is, isn't that the same length that the Mandalorian season one was? So the Mando for eight eight episodes each. Okay. So it's one less, which, you know, that's fine. I I think they could probably make as much as the one. So I think obviously that's what the story fits into. Seven, then then let's go for it. Um, Honestly, yeah. I'm I'm open to see what they do. I've been very surprised and 
like happy with what Dave Filoni and John Favreau have managed to do with the Mandalorian. So whatever they choose to do, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Um, I was never the biggest Boba Fett fan, but I am open to having um, my opinion changed on that. So we'll just have to see, you know, what they do, but I'm looking forward to it. No, definitely. Um, my question for you is if you were to cosplay, would you be a sort of a good guy, a bad guy? Would you be a Mandalorian? Like what, what, what cosplay outfit would you like to wear? Even if you can't make it yourself, if you've got someone else to make it for you, like who would you like to cosplay as the most? Oh my gosh. Um, absolutely. Ahsoka, uh, her Mando armor in the final season of Clone Wars is just so cool. I think that might be some of my most favorite armor she's ever worn. So I would definitely have to say that for sure. Um, oh my gosh, now I'm racking my brain. Let me think here. I think it would be so much fun to do um, a bounty hunter, you know, like Aura Singh or um, Ventress would be, oh my gosh, Ventress would be so much fun, I think. Because she has some really, really great costumes too. They're very unique and they're very specific to her. So I would have to say um, top two would probably be Ahsoka and Ventress. What about you? Do you have any ideal where you'd be like, this would be the be-all, end-all cosplay for me? I think for me, I would want to be um, either Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. Or I'd want to be a rebel pilot. I just think something about that outfit, the rebel pilot outfit, the way the orange pops with the white. I think, uh, so yeah, those are the two I would wear. Um, I don't think I want to be a trooper just because of how hot you would get inside the trooper outfit. And I've heard it's very hot and it can hurt a bit if you wear them all day. Yeah, I think I honestly, I don't know how these, some of these people do it, just walking around all day in those big sweaty costumes i mean they look great but they cannot be comfortable no definitely and then there's that charity runner who runs in his stormtrooper costume um he raises money for charity and he runs marathons dressed as a stormtrooper oh my gosh <laughs> but like full armor like yeah it's, he's i mean he's absolutely fantastic he raises money for charity which is absolutely wonderful but i could not do that so lots of respect to him for that yeah i mean god bless him for that i could never <laughs> Let me see. Ooh, got a couple good questions here. I wrote down so many, and now I'm just picking and choosing as we go along. Um, okay, so what if you were given the choice to work on any story um, in your choice of any Star Wars era, um, what story would you want to tell? Be it within like the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, an old Republic story. Um, what story would you want to tell? I would love to tell a story after Return of the Jedi. Um, I'd have Luke Skywalker hunting down Jedi artifacts, but I would sort of do it as an Indiana Jones type adventure. But obviously, Ooh, that's a but, good idea. But he's a Jedi, so it's going to be even more fun than Indiana Jones. Um, you know, you could bring in Lars Antecker to go along with him. Um, you know, you could even bring in a young Ben if you want to if you want to age it that far along. But yeah, I think some really cool adventures of Luke hunting down for the past of the Jedi and Jedi artifacts, I think would be, would be brilliant. I think um, you could really delve into some 
you know, we could dive into Luke and his character, but you could also dive into lots of Force law and the law of the Jedi and the law of the Sith. Um, and each episode, you could be looking for a different artifact, and you get the history of that artifact, whether it's a holocron, whether it's um, old lightsabers, ancient weapons, whether it's textbooks, the Jedi texts, Sith texts. Um, I think you could go, you could go crazy with that series. Um, and you could tell lots of tales because each episode could be a different artifact. You could tell, you know, twenty tales of twenty different artifacts. That would be that's a great concept. I mean, that would honestly be a great animated series premise. I feel like. Yeah, I think I I would rather if I was working on that, I'd rather have it animated because you could bring Mark Hamill into voice and you wouldn't need to worry about recasting. Um, and like I said, if you design all these artifacts and want these strange planets, you can animate them, like wonderfully and beautifully and go crazy with it where rather than try to find the location that looks like these crazy places um theater i think you need to get on the phone with lucasfilm and pitch this <laughs> if only that is the dream wow that's a really really good idea for a tv series it, it'd be good because we haven't really seen much exploring the original trilogy you know past return of the jedi you know there's a huge gap there for stories and you know i would love to follow like luke and see what he's doing to in his quest to understand the jedi and you know rebuild the jedi order so man that's a great idea i would love to see that yeah so i I think you know we're sort of getting i think they're releasing a a book where it's luke and lando and looking for orchie of bestoon on uh i forgot the planet's name on uh what's it called Pasadona um, yes. from Rise of Skywalker so we're getting that story so that's sort of similar-ish so I'm, not, I'm looking forward to reading that and seeing what that's going to be about um, but we will see when the book comes out um, my last one for you is about um, Star Wars books and stories um, is there a favourite Star Wars comic or book that's came out in the new canon that's sort of your favourite and why do you love it in the new canon? Oh my gosh. Um, Dark Disciple. For sure. I don't know. Does that count? Yeah, that totally counts, yeah. <laughs> uh, I That was the first Star Wars book that I actually, or novel I should say, that I actually bought and read all the way through and I just absolutely loved it. Um, you know, there obviously there's so much in that was planned for Clone Wars that we never got to see in a large story was, you know, the conclusion of Ventress and what happened to her by the time that we led into Revenge of the Sith. And in a lot of ways, I'm still kind of salty that that never got animated because, you know, there are unfinished reels and it just looked absolutely incredible. But I bought that book and I got sucked into it so fast. Like the dialogue was so on point. Um, The characterizations even better. Um, There's a lot of great content with, Obi-Wan and Quinlan Voss and just hysterical dialogue that I could just hear in my head that was very respectful and true to the characters but very very funny to read um and I I love Ventress I think she has a great story of um struggle her rise and um her fall and then her rise somewhat back to the light which is very interesting and I just I enjoyed that book start to finish my only regret is just not seeing it animated because it's just such a good story but that book really surprised me and i was genuinely um happy with how much i liked it did you ever get the chance to read it yeah i picked that one up um 
I was not expecting that book to be as in depth and as good as it was. Um, but how how much it delves into sort of Ventress, into Quinn Lavos, into into Dooku and the Sith in certain respects as well. Um, into into Mother Talzin, I think it's an absolutely fantastic book. And if you are a fan of the Clone Wars, I think it's a must read. It's a must read for that era. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And, you know, and I love, you know, gosh, I'm so obsessed with Obi-Wan, but I love that Obi-Wan had such a prominent role in that book as well. And like, you know, the scenes where they're talking about like how to like deal with Ventress in dense scenarios, I just got such a huge kick out of. So, I mean, honestly, recommend 10 out of 10 for any Clone Wars fan. So, yeah. Do you have a, a favorite book? Are you like are you a big reader of the Star Wars books, or is it like kind of a once in a while thing for you? So I was when I was reading everything as it was coming out since twenty fifteen, pretty much, um, and I was really on top of it for quite a while. But I've struggled the past couple of years to keep up. So I am still reading actively, but I'm further behind. But uh, for me, it was Claudia Gray's Lost Stars. Oh, I heard about that one. I heard it's great. Yeah, so that is that is absolutely fantastic. Um, it tells the story of the original trilogy um, through the eyes of this uh, boy and girl from a planet that gets taken over by the Empire. Um, and one joins the Empire, and one joins the Rebellion, and and how the how their lives interact as the trilogy happens. Um, and it ends on Jakku with the Battle of Jakku. Um, so it sort of leads into the new trilogy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a young adult book, um, YA, but it's 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 absolutely fantastic, wonderful, wonderful book. Um, I remember when the books were coming out, and that one didn't really get much press. It was all about aftermath, um, which I picked up straight away aftermath. I struggled to read a little bit, and then I heard about this Lost Stars, found it, I read that, couldn't put it down, read it straight away, and then managed to go back to aftermath and then finish that off. Um, but yeah, I think Lost Stars is if you hadn't read it, I recommend it. I think you'll absolutely love it. Uh. You can probably get on paperback now, quite quite cheap. But I definitely recommend Lost Stars. Um, I've heard a lot of great things about it. Um, in fact, I heard more about it than I heard about Aftermath when it first came out because people were just so obsessed with Lost Stars. I mean, like I was on Tumblr for a while, and that was the book I was hearing about constantly. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. It, it, it you'll read it pretty quick as well because it's a it's a young adult book, um, but it, it's absolutely wonderful. You you'll breeze through it. You'll finish it, and you'll be like. I need more. You'll be hungry for more because it's, it's so good. Um, I'll have to write that one down then. Yeah, definitely Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Um, trying to think what else. I think Obviously, I get to ask a... you. Yep, go for Correct. it. Correct. Okay, yep. so this one's a this one. I think this is my last question, but this is kind of a fun one. Um, so I wrote down, uh, who would you rather be stuck on a deserted planet with knowing that they were the only person that you could rely on for survival? And I'm going to give you three options. Your three options are Hondo Onaka, Thrawn, or Zeb Aurelios. <laughs> hmm. It's a hard, tough on that one. <laughs> so it's only me and them on the island. Just you guys. And you have to rely on this person for survival. <laughs> you know you I had to do this. <laughs> The problem with Hondo is that it would be a fun time, <laughs> but would probably die quite early on because one of his schemes would go wrong and there'd be nobody to rescue us. Um, 
Thrawn, you would absolutely survive with Thrawn and his strategy. But it's going to be so boring having conversations with Thrawn. It was like a robot when he talked. Um, and Zeb, you're probably going to end up fighting Zeb a few times. You'll, you'll make up after it and be best friends after the fight, but you're definitely going to end up having a few arguments and a few fights with him. And he's a yeah. big he's a big guy. He's strong, so very tough choices. Um, I had to make it interesting. I think I'll go Zeb just for the emotional roller coaster of having the fights and then making up. Plus, I think we'd, <laughs> we'd end up surviving pretty well, I think. Interesting choice. But 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 well justified, I think. Who would you have chose? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, honestly, for, if we're being realistic here, like for reliability, you're probably right. Zeb would probably be the most... Um, proficient at getting out of there uh mostly because we've seen how he, he uh interacted with callus to get out of their difficult situation um but my heart wants to say hondo <laughs> just because like i don't know like hondo is ridiculous and hilarious and just like totally out to serve himself but hey look the guy survived all the way up like through the empire. So I don't know what the heck he's doing, but he's doing something right. And I think I would genuinely have a good time with that. So I would have to say Hondo. I mean, if we go out in flames, so be it, but I will go out having a good time. <laughs> Definitely. So who's your favorite Clone Wars character? Who's not a Jedi? Is it Hondo? Who's not a Jedi? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I can't really think right now because all of a sudden people ask me questions and my brain goes blank. But yeah, I'd have to say Hondo. He's so hilarious. Like, I, I just, he's just kind of like inserted himself into that world. And he's so Jack Sparrow. He is the Jack Sparrow of the Star Wars universe. And I just think he's such a fantastic addition to the universe. He's just very funny and he's unique and hilarious and thinks very highly of himself. And I find it hilarious. So yeah, I'd have to say Hondo. I love that um that bit in Rebels where he's talking about being friends with the Jedi and he's like, well, I think we were friends. <laughs> As he's reminiscent of him and Obi-Wan. I love that. It makes me sad too because Hondo outlives Obi-Wan. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. No, let's not talk about that. But yeah, that was my last fun question. <laughs> Have you seen the Hondo at Galaxy's Edge yet? Yes. Oh my gosh, you know what that makes me excited for? That makes me excited for the prospect of seeing Hondo in a live action series. And I'm I'm kind of, <laughs> I really want to see him in Book of Boba Fett because I think that would just be hysterical, you know, just for the comedy <laughs> of the situation. <laughs> Where it's just like, I don't know, there's somebody in the criminal underworld that wants an audience with Boba and it's just Hondo walking in and he's like, Boba, my old friend. I just think that'd be funny. No, it definitely would be. I think it's a great callback uh, to Clone Wars and also get yourself to the parks to see Hondo in action as well. It's a perfect crossover. Perfect, yeah. But that brings an end to the knowing me, knowing you questions that we've asked each other. I hope you've had a good time talking Star Wars, Melissa. I've had a fantastic time. This has been great. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Um, do you want to let the listeners know where they can find you on social media? So you can find me on pretty much any of my social media at Melty Arts with a Z um, because I'm cool like that. Um, or if you want to find me and my brother on our podcast, you can find us on 
any of our social media, which is uh, star underscore wars underscore pod. If you just like to talk geek, um, we're just there to have a good time. So just reach out and say hi. Fantastic. And obviously, everyone, you can find out the episodes for another Star Wars podcast, obviously, on YouTube. And they're also available as podcasts, aren't they? Is that right? Yes. So they're also available on pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. Main ones being, you know, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Apple Podcasts. Um, just give us a search and we'll be on there. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Melissa, thank you very much for coming on. It's been absolutely wonderful um, to talk Star Wars with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. This was great. We'll have to have you back on for a Star Wars animation deep dive in the future. Perfect. I will bring the passion because that's some of my favorite Star Wars content. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming on. Listeners, thank you very much for listening. May the force be with you all. And remember, always tell that to Kanja Club. Hello, Star Wars listeners. This is Savannah Odit. You might know me as host of the Dorky Diva Show with my co-host Brian Balance. I am also producer of The Adventures of the Zolan Dart, which is a Star Wars-inspired audio drama that we produced over the last year. If you love stories uh, about smugglers, courage, heroic characters, and maybe a few foes along the way, you should go to thedorkydivashow.com and listen to The Adventures of the Zolan Dart today. Shout! We've got your pigs. Were any of the critters harmed? What did you do now? I didn't do anything. I just freaked out for no reason. It was nice doing business with you again. Maybe next time we could deliver something less... Temperamental. <laughs> now, what you call temperamental, I call fun. Hey, is there a place nearby where I can make some repairs? Uh, oh yeah, three clicks south of here, you'll find a small spaceport. Uh, they, they should have what you need, as long as it's nothing too big. Dynamic class. My stars, you don't hear about many of those still being spaceworthy. It's been in my family for a while. She's pretty great. Uh, any chance you have a hovercart we can use to load up? I'll check out the holonet to see if anything new has come up in the sector. My name is Sereth Khan. I am the chief here on Kamai. My people and I have been experiencing food shortages as of late due to unforeseen natural occurrences. We are looking to hire someone. I say we take this one. The pay is great and it's the type of job we're familiar with. Welcome, welcome. You must be Captain Otoa. I've already sent word to Paktu to expect you in the next cycle or so. You told him we were coming before we even accepted the job. That's rather presumptuous, isn't it? Uh, perhaps, though once I received confirmation that you are interested and on your way here, I couldn't help but hope. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can. That's not good. Is that blaster fire I hear? Ah, so you're the one. Captain, it sounds like they want to do this the hard way. <laughs> I love when they got some fight in them. Oh, uh, this is bad. This is bad. We're about to have a lot of company. I'll see you soon.